Welcome back. It is Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki with you. And Dan, let's get stuck in to the download the tab app trot race one. I'll be interested in your thoughts in this. It really appears like there's a lot of horses off this second row that are going to feature prominently. It, does, it doesn't always work out like that, but it does look like uh, the, the winner will come from the second row. How did you find it, mate? Yeah, very challenging. Uh, typical of a number of races uh, Saturday night. Uh, look, I think Sereros is the horse that's going places, but, um, he, you know, he can be risky. And, but to be fair, look, his form had been pretty good through the course of a couple of preparations until last start, but it just reminded us that... Um, uh, you know, he's still got some quirks. Uh, the the performances prior, uh, his previous two wins were in stand start. So, um, and I don't really think that means much for the, a race of this type, but he's a good quality horse. I think it's a tough race. He's, he's, he's sort of too short for me to entertain at that price, but I was just struggling coming up with something else that I could tip with uh, with confidence. So 13 on top. I think everybody loves me can run a bit of a race. On occasions, he's look. he shows he's got a bit of ability, or she's got a bit of ability, um, particularly when able to lead, and I think she's got the gate speed to do so. So I, I think at a bit of value that the two might stand out. Being first up is, is not necessarily that easy, but with trotters, sometimes they can really turn it on first up. You, you don't have to get uh, enamoured by their form of their previous preparation and they can come back different horses. Now, her form last prep was, was decent. It was respectable. So barrier two, I think she gets to the pegs quickly. There's a bit of speed uh, with Imperial Wiz and Wizbang Dan as well. So whether or not, you know, she ends up leaving, leading or, or sitting handy, but at the value, it might be a chance. Um, it was hard to sort of look. Uh, I tell you, another one that's probably a bit of value that y you can make a really good case for is Count Escheron, uh, because she's probably in the best form of her career, considering she's had over 130 starts. I reckon she's going as well now as she ever has. And Meadow Valley Star was pretty good winning first up. Uh, it was in a smallish field, but did the job pretty well. Just saved up for that one run with Scott Ewan and was impressive to the line. Um, hasn't had a lot of racing over a long period of time, but. Uh, only lightly raced, and um, I thought it was in the mix. Look, this was a really difficult race. You could come up with a, a few other selections within your tips, uh, Toby, and you could completely turn me around on some. I'm, I'm open to suggestions, but I've tipped 13, 2, 10, and 12. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat to you, Dan. I'm open to your suggestions as well. I do think Sir Eros is probably the likely winner in the race, but at $2.50, I wouldn't be playing there. Uh, Meadow Valley Star is a very, very talented horse, Dan. I think he went through a bit of a growth spurt over the over that 12-month period, and he, he trotted really awkwardly, made a lot of mistakes. We saw him at um, Melton one day cause two, or, two false starts and was scratched out of an event where he got so fired up, he basically took control of the driver, Anthony Butt. Uh, he's had. He is lightly raced. He ran fourth in a two-year-old Vic Bread final. He's a very, very talented horse. I'd expect he was a horse that, if he reaches the potential that I've seen and uh, the uh, connections expect, we're looking at a horse that will get to 120 rater. That's the level of ability I believe Meadow Valley Stars got. So. At $9.270, we may look at this in the future and say, how did he ever go around those odds? Of course, he's only had eight 
race starts. So uh, you've got to put that in. He's very. He, I'd like to see him run one more really consistent race. I think Scotty Ewan uh, might have got him at the right time of his career as well. Uh, Nine dollars and two seventy currently Meadow Valley Star. I'd be happy having to play on him at those odds. Majestic Pride is a horse that always runs a race. I think uh, Michael Bellman will put her into the race if need be. She's probably nearly in career best form. Uh, you can totally forgive her last effort at Melton when she ran six. That was for Daryl Douglas, and she's got every trick under the sun, this horse, Majestic Pride. And with Mick Bellman back on board, uh, she, she, I expect an improved race from her. Another one, Dan, down under Barkers, is a horse that's raced at much higher level than this, running in races like Bendigo Cups. He, he won a Mildura Cup. And interestingly, the last three times he's won... Uh, he's come off a run where he hasn't necessarily gone well. He ran sixth and then one. He ran seventh and then one. He ran uh, tenth and then one. He ran eleventh and then one. So he can really bob up down under Barker's. Uh, he's at ten dollars and two ninety. So probably about the right price. If you ask me to put him in order, thirteen from twelve, eleven, and nine. Chances to a lot of other horses in the race though. Elder Baron Tanisha certainly could run a place uh, from from a Pegs Run draw, and and I wouldn't be surprised if even a horse like Whizbang Dan significantly improved. He he hasn't won until he. He's been fourth up and fifth up, and he's fifth up again tonight. Uh, uh, tonight, tomorrow night at uh, at Melton. Race two, the Katanar Jewelers Pace, another intriguing 1,200 metre race where it's just so hard to work out these races. We will have a chat with Jason Finnis, the partner of Elise Finnis, later, so we'll get a bit more information on Art Jester. But then I don't know how you work this out or whether you think you're starting to get your head around the 1,200 metre races. But, Are you kidding me, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, good luck. Yeah. Mark, look, one thing about the 1,200 metre races, I haven't got my head around them. Uh, they are something different, but they generally provide uh, some competitive betting races. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, just because there's a race on, I don't have to know everything about it. Uh, they're challenging enough. I'm just glad they're not legs of the main quaddy at this stage. But nonetheless, there's uh, quaddy through the first four races. Sir Chow was very impressive last start. He gives away quite a bit of experience, but he's got tr- tremendous gate speed. If he can follow up with that gate speed, I've heard Connor Clark talk about it before, and sometimes he, he doesn't come out as quick as he did. But um, he, he flew the gate last time, and that's a massive asset to have in a race like this. Look, he's up significantly in class. The, the step up uh, that he takes as a result of winning that race is, is significant, um, f- particularly with the horses drawn to his outside. But um, he may well be in front of them, and he does look progressive. So I think he can win. Um, I know the Jamisons at one stage were, or, or after his last win, were, were thinking about maybe giving him a spell, but obviously this race has come along, and you know, why not have a crack uh, to find out uh, in a $20,000 race, I might add. This is good prize money um, and uh, to see whether or not he needs the paddock or not. But he, he's got through those classes very quickly. Uh, but if he can lead, and I think he will, I think he's got superior speed, much superior speed to Zeus Dan uh, and better than better. And, and I'm not sure anything out why I could lead him either. So um, if he comes out similar to last start, I think he has to lead. For Sir Chow, so he's my top pick. Nine, we better believe it. The smaller fields in the 1200 meter races are going to suit. I've got a terrific sit sprint on him. 
is not going to be that far back. But if Sir Chow rolls along like he did last time, it's still going to be very difficult to make the ground. But I think he's the obvious one as the danger. Zustan is going to... I'm not, it'll probably end up behind the leader, but there's a chance better and better could split Zustan Sir Chow for that position. He is going well. Emma Stewart's getting the best out of Zustan, and he's got to be some, some, some sort of a chance. And, and Art Chester, um, this... It's also got a decent 1,200-metre record, and I'm respectful of him running well, certainly running into the placings. Four, nine, two, and five. Um, it looks maybe a little more straightforward than the first race, but still, I'm not going to be putting the house on Sir Chow. He's the horse to beat, but I got you know, I usually tip where you better believe it every time it goes around. So it's only through barrier draws, but I think Sir Chow should lead, and if he leads, he should be very hard to beat. Yeah, look, I've just mapped it slightly different, Dan, which means I've come up with a slightly different uh, result. Uh, it's hard with these races when the first emergency is drawn the pole, although mm. it may not change it. I think, it. Zustan, <laughs> I think Zustan will lead. He's sulky at uh, gate speed rating, which I really uh, value very highly, and I've used to a lot of success, and seems to always be working so well where they uh, record the number of lengths they get out over the first seven seconds. So effectively, it's telling us on the Sulky app that Zustan is about half a length slower off the gate than Sir Chow. Now, if that's the case, he's going to hold up and hold the front. So on that basis, with a record at Emma Stewart of nine starts, three wins, five placings, I thought he was the safest bet in the race. I wouldn't want much shorter than 340 and $1.40. But I'd stick with Zeus Dan. If Pesci gets a run, he'll run a place, I reckon, because he's going to be on the pegs the whole way, and he's certainly good enough to run a place in this race. So if Pesci gets a run, the $4 the place looks really good. Search out for all the reasons you said, Dan, plus Connor Clark is driving him. And I don't think he has to lead to win, Dan. I, I, I go back to that drive of Connor Clark on Cobber in one of these races where... There wasn't a lot of speed on early, so he just rolled up to the chair and he just sat parked and dominated the race with a better horse. Sir Chow certainly could do that on Saturday night. And just like you, you've got to put in uh, Art Jester into the top four. Uh, potentially needs uh, Zeus Dan and Sir Chow to really tackle each other early and, and run a really hard 400 metres. Uh, but... And the same goes, you could make a case for We Better Believe It and the two Amy Days, of course, Amy and Maddie are partners. So effectively, three horses coming out of the one set of stables there, which which is intriguing as well. Race three is the Lionheart Security three-year-old pace in a small field, an intriguing field. Spoke to Chris Elford on air yesterday. And he said she's going really well, Sahara Breeze, but it's a small, tricky little race. Loco Diablo was hard to assess off that Ballarat run. Uh, major drama, spoke to David Murphy yesterday, and he's got much bigger bigger and better plans with Major Drama. He thinks she's a really nice horse. Major Milestone stepping up in grade and scheming has raced really well in some really good races as well. So there's a lot of talent here in a small field, Dan. How did you line these five up? Yeah, look, uh, it's a race that uh, I reckon uh, Sahara Breeze is going to have to uh, improve a bit. Um, dominate the last start when we're able to lead. In fact, that its last two starts, it's been able to do the same. She's clearly a nice filly, but I reckon there's, even though this is the smaller field, there's probably more depth in this race. 
Um, Loco mm. Diablo should have won at Ballarat. It was just a victim of circumstance, got shuffled back on the pegs, held up, tried to weave through, finished off really well, but pretty much just never got that opportunity um, uh, to uh, to win the race, effectively. Um, so I think it's going to be the horse to beat Loco Diablo. A lot of these fillies are naturally lightly racer. They've still got their best ahead of them. But I, I like the progress that she's making. She got a head full of confidence winning at Hamilton um, and did it well there because had to do a bit of work. And then uh, the Swan Hill win was really, uh, really good, but it was at the front of the field, dashed home in a quick quarter. Ballarat was unlucky, gets the good gate. Now, I... Um, I think Scheming's a, a filly that's got a fair bit of ability as well. She's come through good races, Group 1 race in uh, in Sydney, uh, a Menangle winner beating Ludacris. I mean, you've got to respect that form. Any horse that could beat Ludacris and something about Eiley, um, uh, mm. you must respect. And then the Bendigo win last start, it was emphatic. It raced away with James Herbertson to win. So I think it's a terrific winning chance scheming. Sahara Breeze is going to be very hard to beat, but I think she's unders at the moment. I, I suspect there'll be at least some money for Loco Diablo. Uh, I think scheming can uh, shorten up. And, and even major drama, David Murphy's mentioned to me previously that you know he likes this filly, and she is going well. She's going along quite nicely. She ran third in that $50,000 race a couple of starts ago. Admittedly, she often had barrier one, but she's improving her game as she gets more experience. Small field, but I think it's a challenge for the favourite. I'm, I'm happy to work around Sahara Breeze here. It might be to my detriment because I know she's a pretty good filly and you only have to look at her form against the, the top filly's last preparation and she's pretty much close to the mark. But I thought the barrier draws helped Loco Diablo and even scheming. One, four, six and two. Yeah, look, I'm not in uh, any disagreement here, Dan. Loco Diablo... For all the reasons you said, I think it's got the barrier draw advantage. Chris Elford's going to need some sort of a card up into the race to win this race to be close enough. He has to be within four or five metres, I think, the way she dashed home, Loco Diablo. So I've got one from six, from four, scheming, and fourth in two, major drama. It's a race we might be able to work out. Some very small first four plays as well on Saturday night. Perhaps people listening at home could go one to win from four and six, from four and six and two to run fourth. We're going to clear another commitment, Dan, and uh, we'll get to the 11 o'clock news, mate. Go make yourself a cup of tea. Come <laughs> back just after 11 o'clock, and we'll go into race four at Melton, the two construct trot. Welcome back, Friday form panel. Toby McKinnon with you and Dan Malecki joining me. Dan, it doesn't get much easier in race four. There's so many questions here, and I know Trot's vision, we talk about how important it can be, but it's not going to take long to chat with Chris Shin on Saturday night to work out how forward is Elder Barandino, Zach Phillips, how forward is lunch with Arthur. They're both first up. Oh, it's a tough race to work out, or do you just settle with what we know at the moment is a lower Cowie? What are, you, what are your thoughts, Dan? It's a pretty hard race to tip in with a small amount of knowledge, but it'll be certainly a lot easier uh, about 60 seconds out, I feel. No, no doubt the um, the market fluctuations are going to be key to this race for the, for the reasons you've already pointed out. Uh, lunch with Arthur, much improved. Well, he's probably fulfilling his his ability now that he's with uh, Rob O'Connell. He's off a break. He has got good gate speed, though, and I thought he had better gate speed than Arawakoe. So um, Arawakoe, it just depends on Zach. In my thought process, was Zach Phillips might be able to get to the front. 
and then up to him to whether to take the trail or not. Does he park the, the favourite or does he sit behind it? The fact that he's first up, he may may want to take a trail behind Arawakoe and I think he's good enough to, uh, to out-sprint him. He is first up and that's always going to be that little bit of a query. Elder and Dino similarly generally has to give them a start. Depends what tempo they go once they settle as to whether he makes a move or not. But again, he's first up and uh, I would think is going to improve with the run. I, I think Lunch with Arthur can get the run of the race um, to be the horse to beat. Now, the, the other runner that's probably not going that well but could have something to say about it is Kai Valley Hotspur from one because it can get out okay. And again, Chris Alford as to which horse that he might be interested in sitting behind. Royal Charlotte's the other one that's got gate speed. So I suspect each of those horses drawn inside lunch with Arthur or Arawakoe will be driving to get a trail behind at least one of those horses. Um, so we might, mm. in the first few hundred metres... Um, be better versed, but you know the the green light's already on. Then isn't it? I'm siding with lunch with Arthur. Um, his performances last preparation were very good. He's got form around interview Chinese whisper. Um, he he beat Marengo Bay easily. Uh, he's come out and beaten Shawnee, and then he runs third to Mafasa Metro Credit Master. It's a good form line, a good gait. The question mm. is on uh, how forward he might be, but. We've seen it with he's the son of a gun in the past. The horse that's got a bit of gate speed, they can get away with a race being underdone uh, if they've got a good gate uh, to be able to utilise that gate speed. And I think he might be able to here. So lunch with Arthur number three to beat four, Arawakoe, one, Kai Valley Hotspur, and, and seven, Elder Barandino. Okay. What about Ebony's Avenger Dance? $101 and $30. Two starts back, rent second to RC Phoenix, which is nothing wrong with that. Three starts back second of Royal Charlotte. She's she's going to go back at the start. And if there is a lot of speed in the race, 100, and, 100 to 1 for Ebony's Avengers seems overs to me. I'm, I haven't got her in my top four, but mm. is that overs, Dan, or am I... Uh, May, am I maybe. She, she right couldn't tree? beat Royal Charlotte a couple of weeks back. I mean, mind you, Royal Charlotte was given every possible chance on that occasion. The, the RC Phoenix run was pretty good. There's no doubt about that. And then she, she, you know, she broke last start. So, A, you forget, but you become very frustrating. And I think this race has got more depth than, than even though RC Phoenix has beaten it, this race has got more depth than some of those races or more good horses than what she's been racing against. So, look, maybe 101 is over the odds, yeah. uh, particularly when you're looking at a couple of horses being first up and we're querying at what stage they might be at. So you could be onto something. You often are. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I've said it with a lower coe. It's first. It's only back to a seven-day gap, which is interest, interesting. And I, I wondered about his record off the seven-day gap. And his last three, he's had two wins and a fifth. And that fifth was uh, at uh, in a very strong race. So I'm not too stressed about him uh, being on the week backup, which I think's a bit of a difference to the 14-day backup these days. So a lower coe. I'm just going to tip him on the basis he's race fit and we know the most about him, but uh, I may change this tip uh, in the last 10 minutes but on Trot's vision and then, as you uh, pointed out, I might change it, actually, if I can, about 200 metres into the race because the start's all important. 
lunch with Arthur. He won first up uh, for Rob O'Connell, uh, what was that, in back in about December. And he actually beat Elder Barandino on that occasion. I think Elder Barandino is going to have the preparation of his career. Uh, the fact he was thrown into a great Southern star shows the opinion that uh, Ruth, Noel and Christian have of this horse. He's a, he's a top quality horse. He's won two trials at Shepparton relatively well. I just wonder if Chris is going to put him into the race and go around. If he does, if Lunch with Arthur or Lower Cowie are in front and uh, Elder Barandino goes around and puts the pressure on, this could be an exciting and intriguing race. And I, it's one of the races I am looking forward to. Race five, the Sulky at Future of Form Pace. And another race with an all-important start. And Beach Life... If she gets to the front, Dan, will she hand up this week, do you think? Um, we'll try to pick the horse who, who you might do that to. I, I would think unlikely. Um, I think the race is just mm. made for her. She's a good quality mare, we know that. She keeps chasing home some pretty good horses. Um, but she's racing well. The short trip, I think, suits her particularly well. She's quick out of the gate. She'll be able to lead, pounce on it. She gets her chance. Look, she stood out for me, stood out for me. I think even her price at the moment's good value. I expect that she can shorten up. Um, Ultimate Vinny can get out of the gate pretty well, but I don't think he can match the speed of Beach Life. Um, I don't think, I'm not 100% convinced, but I'm pretty certain that Beach Life will keep out uh, any challenges to her outside. Let's rock, let's roll. Look, he's a horse I've been following, but his last couple of runs have been awful um, he's got to turn it around, and sometimes they can do it pretty quickly, but he is a nine-year-old now, and he, he's much better as a sit sprinter as opposed to being pushed out of the gate. Um, so looking at it that way, and Yankee Gold, although he gets out pretty quick, I'm not sure that he would have the gate spread across Beach Life. I think she can lead and lead pretty comfortably. And with that in mm. mind, who is the genuine um, death seat horse? I can't find one on the front line, on the back row, it would have to be where's the gold who's drawn for the outside would have to keep working, sit without cover. Not sure. I'm not sure second up. Um, you'd want to be getting him because uh, he did over race a little bit last time, remember, and giving him clear air too quickly. So oh, I think she'll be well back beach live. I think she'll start a, a clear short price favourite and she's my best of the night. Number three on top of one, Mighty Flying Art should just get the right run. He should posse up, leaders back. Um, and be a good place chance. I've gone peg, peg, peg line. I think Joni Yen, who's likely to be three back the inside, might be a decent position to be in because he was terrific when he was placed behind Cobber. He was back on the pegs as well, and he's still getting fitter, so it's going to be the right place. And where's the gold? Three, one, eight, eleven. Yeah, look, I am not far off with you here, Dan. I just thought... Beach Life leads. I can't see any real serious pressure. Where's the gold will come around? But I don't think he's going to want to go to war at all with Beach Life. And he's going to have to work for the entire race. And I suppose if Beach Life is your best bet of the night, Dan, where's the gold might be my best lay of the night. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, big fella. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry, Stuart. I'm sorry to all the owners. It just looks, it just looks a really tough race for him. So I settled with the three Beach Life. I thought Joni N would uh, get up the pegs quicker than Mighty Flying Art and potentially run into second spot. Mighty Flying Art, I, I, I'm with you. Pegs, 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 Dan. I threw in uh, Let's Rock, Let's Roll. 
He's won four times at this level, and he's never won at that 90 to 120 level. So I do like it when he gets back to this level, but he's on his last chance, I would say. And Crime Rider's an interesting horse, and the whole Matty Craven stable is very interesting. In He hasn't had a winner, Matty, uh, since June 7, and nearly all his horses since that time have performed just below par. So... I just wonder if there was a little something go through the stable or it got really wet down there and they missed a few days' work. But I wouldn't be shocked if Crime Rider uh, was in amongst them as well at the finish. He's a pretty good horse uh, and he's just down in grade slightly here. Dan, let's get a break away. We'll come back the other side. We'll come back with race six, the Alabar Vic Bread Pace and Jason Finnis. We'll have a bit of a chat to Jason. Him and his partner, Elise, do a wonderful job from Mount Gambier, and they're bringing two horses to Melton on Saturday night. And I think this one, Royal Speech, is a real blowout chance. Welcome back to the Friday form panel. Toby McKinnon with you and Dan Malecki. Jason Finner should be there on the line. Jace, mate, uh, how are you and uh, whereabouts are you today in sunny Mount Gambia? Hey, Toby. Um, yeah, just out working for your horses in Mount Gambia. It's not too bad today. Now, mate, uh, I'm pretty keen on Royal Speech. $51 and $9. I think Celestio Matusa will hold up at the front and you're going to be on the leader's back. Tell us a bit about Royal Speech and I think... People might underrate some of this form from South Australia behind horses like Jaws of Lincoln and, and Van Mara and uh, and Hanging Fire, etc. But he's going really well. He, he had the run last week. It was a tough run at Melton. And how's he pulled up from that? And he's all set to uh, get a big blowout and make me a superstar on Trot's Vision. <laughs> I will see. But, um, yeah, his form in Adelaide's been real good. And... Um Last week, we were really disappointed in him. He um, just uh, got on one rein and hung in real bad and just couldn't let down at all. When they went put the sword down at the 400, he just was hanging and just couldn't go. And he's come in with a heart rate of 80 and sort of hardly even got warm. So we were real disappointed with how he went last week with his steer. And, yeah, it was sort of... Well, he felt it was his race last weekend, so he got off the fence at the start and went around. And But, uh, yeah, a bit of a step up in class. And, yeah, we'll be staying on the fence this week and trying to take the shortcuts. you got a gear change, I noticed, too, which probably lends itself to uh, wanting to stay on the pegs. You, you, you're taking off the dollies and you got a, a near-side Murphy blind. Yeah, that's right, Dan. Yeah, he just, yeah, as I said, he just hung. And even in the warm-up, I just thought we were in a bit of trouble. The bit just pulled through his mouth and he just wasn't the same horse. You, you sort of can't go forward when you're running sideways. Where where do you rate him with an Art Jester? I would have sort of thought he was equal or part of Art Jester. Oh, well, this horse has had 80 starts. Art Jester's only had 30-something. So this horse is a little bit stronger than Art Jester at the minute, but having more than double the amount of starts. But, um, yeah, they're both sort of getting up in the class and, and yeah, pretty similar. It's a fair trip. Um, you know, there's, there's, yeah. there's a good side to... Coming to Melton because you've got to have horses that are capable uh, or good enough to be metropolitan class horses. So that is, that's a positive. But just tell us about the day and and you know I could imagine if you're in the last race like you were last week. Fortunately, it wasn't a late finish, but you wouldn't be getting home until at least two at two a.m. Surely. Yeah, that's right, Dan. Yeah, we've been getting home at two, and um, we sort of stopped doing Melton trips 
since playing in Euro days. I think it would have been seven years or so since I'd been back to Melton. And then um, it started off, we sent Ever Hoping to Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs. And and then we went over to watch him race one night and put Art Jester in just to, to go and watch him. And then he ended up running real well. And we thought, well, maybe our horses are sort of up to Melton standards, so we might have to start heading back there. And, yeah, Greg and Jess have been real good by putting us up there and giving the horses a bit of a break before the races. So, yeah. So you'll travel to Greg and Jess's, will you, beforehand? So you travel earlier in the day and then and then give them, a, what, an hour stretch there, will you? Um, in the, every other trip recently we have, but this time Dad's coming with me and they're not too bad of races, so we'll probably just head straight to the trot this week. And, yeah, but previously we've been even staying the night and that, but since winter they've started a bit earlier, we've been um, coming home. See, you're on a uh, maybe a, a major milestone not far away. I always worry when I when I quote some of these records that they're not, not accurate because most of the mm. time they're not. But I see you're sitting on 499 wins. So um, the... the uh, uh, the 500 seems like it's not far away. You probably tell me it was done three years ago and the, the records aren't right. But <laughs> anyway, um, it, it looks like it could be a, um, whether it's tomorrow or uh, it's the near future, I'm sure it won't be far away for you, Jase. Yeah, yeah, no, that record's right. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears and more petrol than anything to get that, living at Mount Gambia. <laughs> What's the biggest win in that career, Jace? Was it the uh, Mount Gambier Cup uh, 14, 15 months ago, which we uh, celebrated drinking out of the cup into the wee hours of the morning together? Oh, that was up there, but winning a few of the couple of Group 2 races in Adelaide, Southern Cross Finals, the young ones, that's always rewarding when we have a young one that you put all the time into. So, yeah, I've been lucky. I've never won a Group 1, but I won a couple of Group 2s. Yeah, they're probably the highlights. And Art, Art Jester. I don't know if we've lost... Uh, t- oh, yeah, I'm back on now. Don't, no, yeah. I think we've lost Toby there, Jace. Um, uh, as far as Art Jester is concerned, um, these 1,200-metre races, well, they're new to everybody, so surely they're new to you. But it's strange how you found a horse that, considering he's not really blessed with a lot of gate speed or, or he's been able to show it, uh, against the the opposition, he, he seems really well suited to the twelve hundred metre races. He's building building up a pretty good profile in those races. Yeah, well, I sort of dad was always against him and sort of told me not to put him in. But then when I seen Catch Your Wave go in one, I thought if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So, so we whack him in, and he yeah, he seems to enjoy it. Can he win on uh, Saturday night? Uh, Jesse just needs a bit of speed on mate, and Greg slots in. Yeah, his work's been a lot better this week than last week. But, um, yeah, so I think he should go a little bit better this week. But it's a, it's probably another step up in class. But if there's a bit of mid-race speed, you know, it's down the back straight or something, that he may be a chance to come over the top of him. And, of course, the long shot that uh, Toby's got, the 50s, probably into about 34s now, but perhaps a decent place chance with Royal Speech. If uh, Toby's map is right, you could well be three back the inside or leaders back, uh, which would obviously give you a, a bit of confidence that he could be able to, to, to finish it off. 
Yeah, no, he, I think he, he should, with the gear changes and being on the fence this time, he, he should, he'll be there about to when they go over the line. The weather, you know, maybe a place chance, yeah. Well, Jase, uh, best of luck on Saturday night, mate. And uh, if he gets up and wins, uh, I might be uh, shouting the beers this time, unlike what you were doing at Mount Gambier after you won the Gold Cup. <laughs> best of luck, mate, and uh, hopefully I'll see you on Saturday night. Yeah, thanks, Ivy, Dan. There's Jason Finnis, who two runners out of the stable. They do an absolute wonderful job down there, the team. He's a, he's a great young guy. I've had him on uh, Trot's Vision actually co-host with me for about 40 minutes one time, Dan. He's, uh, he's a very talented man. He uh, plays football really well, and he's got a couple of nice horses. How did you see this race unfolding, Dan? Uh, have I swayed you? Can you throw raw speech into your quaddy at least? Oh, look, I think so, um, especially with some of the results we've had in the last few months. Um, he's Charlie's Angels, <laughs> the favourite here, but I, I wasn't overwhelmed by his first up run. Um, maybe it's the run he just needed to have. He's pretty thickly set horse, so you would naturally think he'll improve with his condition there, but not enough to want to be really um, pushing him to be able to win. I'm sure he can run well, but I think he might well... He, he either will have more improvement in him or he needs to improve more. Uh, Aussie Playboy last week. Um, gee whiz, I thought that was one of the best runs I've seen of his uh, in in Melbourne. He's been going around for a while and we've got to see plenty of him, but uh, he was terrific uh, in the race won by Raw for Roscoe. Beats Memories ran second. If he runs up to that, he sustained pressure. He came out. He was part of the, the speed in the early uh, stages of the race. Uh, he was excellent. So he, he's the horse I think is you know, just in the zone at the moment. So five Aussie playboy. He's Charlie's angel is just too good to ignore. But as I said, I, he'd want to improve. I, I'm going on his first up run and trying to trying to find the happy medium between that and his best form. And you know that he would have to improve. But he, he, he might still be a run short. So... Uh, Celestio Matuka, you mentioned before, it was a better run last week. He, his figure four mightn't mm. suggest that, but I thought he went much better. There was He found the line, um, probably the first time he's done that in a while, so maybe the draw will help here. And um, I've got Sweet Passion in the mix as well. Um, been pretty consistent before that last start uh, flop. There's plenty of other horses that are in the mix, but I had no doubt in putting Aussie Playboy to the top of the list, a horse that doesn't win necessarily out of turn. He's probably in this this tougher grade, uh, but he's performing well. And on the strength of last week's run, I think he's a terrific each-way bet, number five. So my tips are five, four, one, and nine. Five, four, one, and nine for Dan. I am with... I'll stick with the eight Royal Speech. Whether it wins the race, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, certainly at 51 and $9, it's uh, massive value. It's big overs. It's forms a lot better than people realise. Jaws of Lincoln's a very, very good horse, Dan. Uh, he races over in South Australia. He's got... He, and he's done a lot of long trips, Royal Speech. He's He's been to an Ararat and runs second there. He's won at Oyen, which must be a long way from Mount Gambier to Oyen. I'm not even sure how you get from Mount Gambier to Oyen. It seems like it'll be a long way. Uh, I, I just think he, he's going to improve on Saturday night. I think Celestio Matusa will hold the front. He hasn't had a soft lead for a long time, Celestio Matusa. He always seems to have to work to get there when he has. 
Uh, I think he might lead relatively comfortably, and I think David Ake, uh, David Ake, David Miles will be happy to sit up parked outside. He's Charlie's angel. I'm not sure what happens with our Vincent can go, though. He's a three-year-old up against the older horses and does have good gate speed. But the way I've mapped it, I think Celestio Matusa will hold the front, and Chris Alford is going to give a great sight with Celestio Matusa. Uh, yep, he's Charlie's angel. Is the best horse in the race. A uh, bit like you, just might need the second run before he absolutely dominates a race. And the other one I threw in was I'm a Shadow Boxer, who's been going absolutely terrific. Uh, he ran third in a heat of the uh, Metropolitan Series, uh, Metro Pace to Beach Memories, Magnetic Terror. He came from well back on the pegs on that occasion, four back to pegs. He was then five back to pegs in that final behind Raw for Roscoe and Beach Memories, so forgive him for that run. And I think he'll head there again, James Herbson, sort of three, four back to pegs, and I expect he'll be charging through towards the finish. So I was eight, four, one, and 11 in race six, and best of luck to Jason. Let's get to the 11.30 news. We'll come back. We've got a few more races to get through yet seven eight and nine in a very intriguing free-for-all and i'm a little bit staggered with how this market has opened i really thought there was a clear uh top pick and clear favorite in the race but it hasn't opened like that anyway let's get back to the news interesting in dan's thought you win some you lose more for free and confidential support Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to the Friday form panel. Three races to get through. Toby McKinnon with you and Dan Malecki. Dan, when I first looked at this race, I thought uh, it's an even race. You factor in fitness, horses being first up, and horses with race fitness, and it looked to me like Like a Wildfire was the clear horse to beat. He's opened up 350. MacDan is 225. I understand MacDan is probably considered a level above this horse, but the barrier draws in Like a Wildfire's advantage and the fitness. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, I must admit, I, I, I half put the pen through Like a Wildfire. Um, I just thought the way the race might be run, if MacDan leads, I can't see Like a Wildfire. Um, being the horse to sit without really? cover, that's the yeah. thing. The race lacks is a horse that sits parked. I mean, probably the best thing for the race would be if MacDan didn't lead um, and sat parked and Like a Wildfire has a back to follow. So, um, look, MacDan, I always thought he was a brilliant beginner and perhaps... Uh, there's been a few occasions that he hasn't led and I thought he had the speed to do it, but we're talking Group 1 races here. We're talking a Group 1 horse. Amore Vita's a Group 1 horse. Um, mm. The rest are not, uh, not at the moment. Interest Freeze, you know, had a lot of performances uh, at age group, Group 1 level. I think Like a Wildfire's a Group 2 type of horse and Better Isolates yet to prove he's, he's a Group 1 horse, in particular the way he was allowed to settle and get back last start. He might be able to win, so... I think MacDan Amore Vita, I think it's a good Quinella. MacDan leads, Amore Vita sits behind, and they're the only two winning chances. Um, it's funny because Better Isolate before last start, you would probably be factoring in uh, him. But if they single out an Indian file, and let's face it, that's about $1.10 to happen, isn't it? If MacDan leads. Probably the best thing for the race is if it doesn't. Uh, but if that's the case, uh, I just can't see how like a wildfire. MacDan would have to seriously underperform for like a wildfire to win because I just can't see who the death seed horse is. 
Would it be an interest-free? He's only second up, and I think they'd chance the arm. Courageous Saint, probably not good enough at this level. So what's going to angle straight behind Amore V to get a good run? Um, it, it just looked a simple race to um, to, to map. Um, now, if it was like that all the time, I could have retired years ago. So always expect the unexpected. But six to beat one, uh, like a wildfire, and and, um, and better isolate six one three seven. Yeah, well, I see it so differently. So at the start, I think So What initially gets across Amore Vida. I think uh, she's Amore got much pretty quick. speed, So What, and then... You reckon? Oh, I think she's very quick out of yeah, the gate, okay. at least to hold a spot, knowing that you're going to take a trail. I, I wouldn't underestimate how quick she is out of the gate. I think she's very quick. Uh, you know, not the intense, yeah, okay. not there to lead, though, but it would be to hold up. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt she'll, she'll keep out So What. Yeah, all right. Well, I think so. What we'll get across Amore Vita first. She's first up Amore Vita. And I go back to races in Queensland where she really over raced during, you yeah. know, in the Queensland Oaks, etc. So I'm just not sure Chris Alford will want to fire her up at the start. So I just thought so. What gets across holds up initially. I think Like a Wildfire's got nearly as much gate speed as MacDan. And you go back to this time last year, he drew the front on three occasions in free-for-alls Like a Wildfire. And he won all three of them. I think he bullies his way past So What. And then if Zach Chapenden wants to, he will hold the front off MacDan. Uh, if he doesn't want to, he hands up to MacDan and, and then he has the sprint lane as his option. So I suppose our difference here really just comes down to mapping. So I've got yeah. like a wildfire on top. And after all that, I've got to respect better isolate. And I go back to what I said about uh, Matt Craven. I'm really looking forward to catching up with him on Saturday night during the races. I just think this horse will be improved. Didn't win a race since uh, June 6 or 7, uh, Matt Craven. So, better isolate was a bit below par last start. I expect him to bounce back. Uh, 6, McNan, he's such an underrated horse throughout his entire career, this horse. You know, he's, as you said, Dan, he's grand circuit level. Uh, went around at $5.50 and in into the Minion final, one, two into yeah. the Minion heats. You know, like, it's so hard to put him in for third in a sense. And I, I just thought, so what would be a good little um, top four chance as well in for fourth. So I was three, seven, six, and two. And I don't think our opinion on horses is much different. I think it's just how we've mapped it. And Dan, I, I believe uh, Torrid Saint's been sold to America and will we'll race the rest of his career out in America, I assume. And uh, interest-free, I suppose, is hopefully a replacement for Torrid Saint. You can see what Torrid Saint's done over the last few years. I think interest-free could do the same thing, don't you? Oh, well, I think interest-free earlier on in his career is a much better horse than Torrid Saint was, and Torrid Saint made that improvement with experience. Yeah, yeah. So if that's the case, interest-free uh, is going to be at the top level for some time yet. And he, he ran third in a Geelong Cup, didn't he, behind Mac Dan? So as a three-year-old, so yeah. he's a very, very good horse, still early on in his preparation. And there's a few factors within what you're talking about. We're looking at the map here, um, potentially to offset uh, some of the levels of fitness where these horses are at. Uh, so what, like a wildfire, are pretty much at the top of their game, aren't they? And better isolate should be. So um, 
I, yeah. uh, I'm, it, it, it's the main race for the night. It's an intriguing race. I, I thought it was a, not a difficult race to look at, um, uh, and at least initially, but your point is very valid, like a wildfire. If Amore Vita, because she was a late nomination for this race as well, Toby, Amore Vita, so you sort of think, well, yeah. do, do we throw Amore Vita in, treat it like another trial? She's going to draw well. She's got a good turn of foot. Maybe the race will stand up like a wildfire. MacDan need run. So does Amore Vita and so forth, and she goes into that race um, underdone. But having said that, the barrier draw suits her for a horse that could be uh, coming through the race to improve with a run, and like you said, not willing to want to push her out of the gate. Um, they might be happy being three back to the inside. She could still be effective, but um, I just thought with so what next to her that she would be able to keep it out. But th- these are the little things you'll see that within the market. If Amore Vita's 280 out to 450 yeah. and... We see these ridiculously wild fluctuations at times, don't we? And particularly in the last minute or two of betting. Um, but I thought MacDan, if I uh, look, if like a wildfire sat on the back of MacDan, I still don't think like a wildfire would run him down. But he would have his best chance of being able to win. And if there was something that wasn't uh, as obvious as what I'm looking at, that's how Better Isolate can win. I don't know if Better Isolate could settle mm-hmm. down last and give. Um, MacDan 20 metres at the 400 and beat him. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see it. Love to see him prove, prove me wrong because it would be some sort of a race. Yeah, it is going to be some sort of a race. Looking forward to it on Saturday night, race seven. Tune in live to Trot's Vision. It's live and free on Trot's Vision. And we'll get more thoughts from Dan as we get closer as those markets have changed as well. Race 8, the Ben Stud Standard Breads pace. We'll get this one in before a break. Uh, I don't think we're going to be in too much disagreement, surely, here, Dan. This really looks like tempting Tigress's race uh, number two. Probably is. It probably is. Um, Yeah, look, it probably is. But I'm going to suggest having something each way on final piece. Uh, at big odds. Um, tempting Tigress, you've got nothing to prove by the short price. It should work its way to the front and, and be the horse to beat. But I think Final Peace can run a really good race here, the seven. There's a few mares not going as well as perhaps they could be. Um, Relentless Me, even Monomia hasn't really been finding the line. She's quality mare and she, she only got a short, sharp sprint. But if she can just find that last 50 metres a bit stronger than she has, she's, she's in the mix. But I've made it two, seven, three and nine. Diamond Shoes is going well. Tempting Tigress, the one to beat, but she's been beating her last three starts. She was tough last time. Um, but I thought Final Peace is going really well and the figure form mightn't really um, uh, express... Uh, how well she's actually going. If she'd drawn a better gate, uh, I'm sure she'd be half the price of what she is at the moment. Yeah, final piece. Had David Murphy on yesterday, Dan, and uh, he said she's just not. She's lost a little bit of her high speed from what she had as a two-year-old, but she's been a wonderful horse. She's raced right through. She ran third in the two-year-old Breeders' Crown, fourth in the three-year-old, or the other way around, sorry, fourth in the two-year-old, third in the two-year-old, a fourth in the two-year-old, third in the three-year-old, up against mares that aren't racing anymore. Nearly nothing is left from that generation that raced at that level. He's done a wonderful job with her. It's her last season before going to start, he said, and he'd love to get a captain ravishing out of final piece. She's only leased, so it'll be up to the owner of of the horse final piece as to who it goes to, etc. 
She's been a wonderful mare. She's nearly earned the most prize money ever of any horse David Murphy has trained, which is an amazing stat too. Wow. Uh, I've said... Yeah, go, Dan. Yeah, that's extraordinary. (laughs) 168,000. You're thinking of all the good horses David's been involved with. That's... That's a surprise. Well, they must love her dearly. They're going to look after her. And, and look, I think she's going well enough to be a factor here at um, at least to run top four anyway. He, he said he'd just love to win one more at Melton before she does go to start. And I do hope it is Saturday night. Te- tempting Tigress, $1.28. Like, you wouldn't be taking it. I'm a bit like, I think she should win. Little query on the stable mates being drawn one and eight, Shedaleo and Rent Relentless Me. I think Shedaleo has enough speed early to hold the front if need be, and that might bring Relentless Me right into the race on the leader's back. And then where does that leave Tempting Tigress? Does it get parked for the race? So the tactics from Zach Steenhouse would be interesting to catch up with him at some stage and find out what his tactics are. Uh, so I settled with Tempting Tigress on the basis I think it'll work to the front. It's the best horse in the race. I like Relentless Me at $2.90 the place. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Number eight, I think, worst case scenario, she's going to be three back the fence and she'll run past the stable mate Shedaleo at least. So if it, one play in the race, it'll be Relentless Me the place at $2.90. Number nine, uh, Monomia, I think she always can put herself into the race. So if they do, if Tempting Tigress gets a soft lead, Monomia will dash around and get to the chair and she can certainly run in the top four. I can't see how she can win the race almost. Uh, and if if they do go hard, she'll be getting home well, Monomia. So I thought she was a great place chance and I threw one Shedaleo in for fourth who's going to be in a great spot. She'll be... If she hands up the tempting tigress, putting the tow rope out and following it home. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back. Uh, we've got the one race to work out, race nine, the Allied Express pace, and we'll catch back up on Dan's best bets. Let's get to a break. Back the other side with race nine, the Allied Express. Welcome back to the Friday four pedal. Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki with you. Dan, the last, race nine. Jeez, it's a trying race, isn't it? Uh, it's a very difficult race to assess. The market agrees with us. Three $4 chances. I settled with two victory. George, I just think he potentially may get to the front, but my confidence levels here are very low. Well, Jeremy Wells is going to get a start. Um, I've just had an update with some horses that have been scratched. It must be every week about 11.45 that the, the scratchings must get updated. But Banks of the Murray's now come out, number eight, Banks of the Murray. And also going back to race seven, you'll be disappointed to learn that so what is a scratching. Race seven, number two's out. And race nine, number eight, Banks of the Murray is out. So you might have to recalibrate your uh, thoughts on the seven. Yeah. Um, but the ninth event, even with Banks of the Murray out of the race, it just, look, it doesn't make it any easier here. I'm not, not really sure which way to go. It's a 1,200-metre race, but it's very even. Um, I, I, look, I, I'm going to put the nine on top, Jeremy Wells, uh, from seven, Captain Maastricht, three, our cheeky devil, and five, Pesci, nine, seven, three, five. I probably should put Victory George in as well. Telemachus has got a chance. It, it, it's a tough race, uh, nine, seven, three, five. Are my thoughts. Yeah, look, actually spoke with uh, the connections of Jeremy Well 
Fox this morning. He was a late nomination, which meant he wasn't able to get a run before all the other horses that were nominated. That's why he was first in this race. He probably would have been close to getting into the main race. So I don't disagree. It's just hard to see how the race will unfold with him. He's He's been over racing over the middle trip in his last couple of starts. So... They probably, believe it or not, need him to settle still, even though it's a 1,200-metre race. So still a few queries on Jeremy Wells, but you can make a case for a lot of things in this race. Two, Victory George to beat five. Pesci is probably the class runner in the race. A tricky draw. Our cheeky devil has become a 1,200-metre specialist. Had a great chat with Jeremy Quinlan earlier in the week and nine, Jeremy Wells. We've got one more commitment to clear, Dan. We'll clear that commitment. We'll come back. We'll get your best, recap on your best, and I believe you're going to put a multi together to, for us as well. So we'll clear this break. We'll get back. Pens poised, Dan's best, and multi on the other side. Welcome back. Here are the panel's best. Welcome back, panel's best. My game plan, as I always do, I spend a pretend $200, play it however you want. You can extrapolate it down to $20, $10, $50, whoever. 1 by 12, Meadow Valley Star, 15 each way. 3 by 1, Loco Diablo, 50 the win. 5 by 3, Beach Life, 50 the win. 6 by 8, Royal Speech, 25 each way. And race 8, number 8, Relentless Me, $20 the place. Dan, your best bet. I recall you saying Beach Life, and uh, I agree with you. Uh, I'm in violent agreement with you on Beach Life. What are your <laughs> other best, mate? Uh, race 3, number 1, Loco Diablo. Um, maybe with a saver on the 4, Scheming. But uh, the best are race 3, number 1, and race 5, number 3, Beach Life. My best each way, race six, number five, Aussie Playboy. And the multi. It's time for multiculture. And my multi, Toby. Um, I've uh, three horses to play. See how this rings in with you. Um, a couple of races, there's only two place dividends, but I still like these two horses to be able to run uh, in the top two. So one is Lunch with Arthur, a place at $1.70. Uh, the other is MacDan, a place at $1.40. Now, so what's just come out, but it was 100 to 1. So it's not going to really affect, or nor it should affect, that market too much for a place. $1.40 looks all right, MacDan. And uh, Aussie Playboy, the place. So they're my three all up the place at $4.51. So that's the uh, the multi for uh, Melton uh, tomorrow night. And just recapping those uh, scratchings at this stage, we're dealing with uh, race number three, number five, Spring Blue is out. Race five, number six, Arg. And then So What, race seven, number two. And in the last event, number eight, Banks of the Murray is also a scratching. Uh, 5.29 start. So it's an early start, but not as early as uh, recently in the final event at uh, 9.45 at Melton tomorrow night. Toby, job well done. Hope you have a good weekend. And we'll look forward to catching up with you in the in the near future as well. And to all of our uh, Friday uh, 
Form Focus listeners on SEN Track, hope you have a wonderful weekend as well. Um, Join us on Trots Vision tomorrow night, and I'm sure we'll be able to hone in even further to get all the right information to back a few winners at Melton tomorrow night. Until then, have a great Friday.